Welcome, everyone, to the next episode of 451 Degrees Podcast, where we talk about censorship. Joining me today is Ian, a familiar face. Hello. It's so great to have you back. And today we are talking about how China influences uh, the movies that Hollywood makes and uh, how we're getting basically uh, censored on the level of China's laws for a lot of the movies we watch. So um, it used to be, I don't know that this is the case anymore, I've heard conflicting things, that China didn't like movies that had um, uh, like demons or skeletons or scrolls in it at all. Yeah. So... <laughs> So Anything like, related to magic, uh, yeah. yeah. It, it, when it comes to the, um, I'm not an expert on China, but I know like a, a few things. But mm -hmm. anything that's related to like um, the afterlife, your ancestors, stuff like that, and it kind of plays into, I guess, them being communist now because there used to be this whole thing with ancestral spirits and whatnot. So yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, and uh, a lot of people blamed. Uh, the Doom, any kind of Doom adaptation uh, of the, and I've noticed that sometimes when I say that word, people think I mean Dune, Herbert's Dune, but I mean <laughs> Doom, Doom, the, the video, video game. game. Yeah. yeah. Whenever they tried to uh, adapt that, they kept having them not be demons, and people assumed it was because of the China laws. I'm not, I'm like, I've never heard either way if that was true, but either, but if it is true, that's pretty horrible that we're not getting like a real adaptation. Yep. I mean, now that's that video game adaptations in the movies are usually very good. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's pretty uh, safe to assume if it involves the afterlife or magic, mm -hmm. China's going to want nothing to do with it. Yeah. And, uh, or Taiwan. Or yeah. Tibet. <laughs> well, and then, like, yeah, God, so terrible. But, um, like, one of them, uh, like, a lot of people said the characters of Crossbones and Taskmaster in the MCU, they their skull faces weren't really skull faces mm -hmm. as a way of uh, being okay with that. And for the longest time, like, they had these extreme, like, every, like, a pass-fail, essentially, rating system where if it was family-friendly, it got in. If it didn't, if it wasn't family friendly, it wasn't, a, it, it was, didn't have approval, which meant it was essentially banned. And that's why for the longest time, the movie Monster Truck was like, is, really? Was Monster like, Truck? I know. And I've seen the title. Yeah. They, <clears throat> because it's so family friendly and silly, but it was number one in China for a very, very long time. And oh, I, and, okay, I, I see. I see. Yeah, I, I thought I thought they banned it because it had monster in the title. No, 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 no. It was okay. their number one because it was so family friendly. And I'm like, I, I don't know if you've seen that movie, but it's freaking awful. Not. <laughs> it's not good. Uh, it's so it's so we're getting, and I, I kind of blame to some extent stuff like you know the family friendly level of it, the pass fail quality of it on some of the, our uh, quality drop in Hollywood. A lot to some of it does. Extent. It, it does have to do with that um, because the, the first thing we need to understand as Americans when it comes to our entertainment is that they're no longer making movies for us. They're making it for an overseas audience. Mm -hmm. And a really good example of this is what we're seeing with the latest Bond film that did very, very, very poorly here in the United States. But it's actually doing quite well overseas. I mean, and it has to make like 900 million to break even. And yeah, I mean, just to break even, not make a profit, break Ugh. even. And you you got nowhere near that here in the states, uh, but it's at seven hundred million because of the overseas market. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. to some extent, the one of the reasons why they they care less about us going to movie theaters is because movie theaters were in decline before even yes, twenty twenty, mm -hmm. um, and it, a lot of that has to do with the fact that like people there was no there people didn't shut up and watch the movie. Like that kind of fell away as like a social thing and, and it became more and more okay to just be a jerk during the movie theater. And I'm like, I'm not going to pay in the outrageous prices to have my experience ruined by, you know, some jerk who thinks it's okay to take a phone call. In this, in I haven't things. really encountered a lot of that. I, I didn't. Think, I mean, on occasion, there'd be some people talking, but it wasn't like super bad. I think a lot of what has caused this decline too is kind of the rise of the home theater oh that's true yeah like, I we mean, keep why, getting these huge tvs yeah <laughs> why, why go to the theater and pay like for a family of, of 
even just like two people, you're looking at maybe 30 bucks. You know, if you have a family of four, you know, you're looking at upwards of $50, $60, potentially. I mean, tickets in in concessions. So it's very expensive. And why would people want to do that when they go and have a, you know, a better experience? I mean, we have theater seating you can buy for your home. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And big big TVs surround sound systems and it's yeah. a lot deeper at this point. And that has kind of led to this decline, but also the quality of movies. I mean, look at what's been going on with the, the pushing of agendas and whatnot in, in mainstream entertainment. So, yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's a lot of factors that have kind of played in this decline of the theater. And, but like I said, obviously they're making movies for an overseas audience. China is one of the biggest audiences out there. So yeah, they, they try and do what they can to open, appeal to a Chinese audience, including bringing in Asian characters, which is funny because like, you know, what you saw with um, the Star Wars, I can't talk, Star Wars, Star Wars sequels, (laughs) Jesus, hello, (laughs) words fail me, Um, they cast Kelly Marie Tran, who is Vietnamese, Mm -hmm. and of course, that will go and piss off your Chinese audience because these companies are clueless, so. I know, they don't, they, they're like, oh, any, any Asian person does well, right? And you're like, no, actually, I don't think that works. (laughs) But they, um, and then they, they try to play to the woke audience in the West, but in such a way that it's so minor that they can cut it out. Yes. For China. And because like, there's the blink and you'll miss it gay characters among, mm-hmm. in like Disney's titles. Like, oh, they, they barely mention it. I'm gay or, you know, my my partner or whatever, or a quick kiss. Also that they can edit it out, it, yep. which is why there's no And I understand why woke people in the West get mad about that because some of them can tell that, you know, they're smart enough to tell that they're being patronized at that and point. And here comes the cat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they can, they, aw. <laughs> this is Tabitha. She's about to claw my eyes out. <laughs> but they can tell to some extent that it's, uh, that it's a patronizing move. And, yes. it, and it's obvious. It's very obvious. Um, but I, I feel that way already, uh, the, that it's patronizing to have these girl power movies all oh, the time. yeah. That already bothered me for years before I learned about the the China stuff and got involved in the uh, culture war, as people mm-hmm. like to call it. I was already bothered by the patronizing of like strong female characters and like that aren't. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the thing that's kind of funny about. It. And the, the other thing that's great is that uh, the Chinese actually have a word. I, I don't remember what it is, but it's basically called white left or white left. Yeah, I do remember seeing that recently, and it was really they they basically called them like useless. And yeah. uh, but useful to like people at the top. And I was like, wow, that's a very accurate description of what it that, is. that is. Even, even China uses like wokeness against the United States in the West. It's pretty oh, funny. They, they do. They can play. They, too. they <clears throat> like to use the cultural relativism as a way of saying the West needs to clean up their house before they look at us. Mm-hmm. Um, that That's them perfectly using woke to their advantage. But um, they I know they got no they got a lot of flack especially disney for like removing or minimizing black characters on posters and stuff Mm -hmm. and just because there's a lot of racism in china uh, specifically about black people sadly and and like disney keeps getting called out on this and for some reason and not it's not changing no one's done any they they've not decided to change tactics at any point which i find really ridiculous because it's like people keep pointing at it but they kept making money, and that, so they didn't care. That was the thing. China, made- China's not going to budge, and neither are these companies. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah, they're they're, they're not going to budge, and Disney's going to keep doing the same stuff despite being called out for it. But you know, these leftists they they eat up their you know woke garbage that they put out. So why would they change? It's no, no they wouldn't. But I do think things are changing. But we'll get back to that okay. uh, later. But there, uh, I noticed this years ago when I did a lot of movie reviews um, for my channel, I watched a lot of sci-fi and I noticed way too many uh, plots that pivoted on the moment that China saved the day. <laughs> like China, your Chinese intervention mm-hmm. would save the day. Like uh, two really good examples are The Martian and Arrival. And it was really, really obvious in both of them, because it, especially The Martian, you know, The Martian is one of those movies where Matt Damon needs to be rescued. Um, and 
at one point, uh, the West was like, oh, we can't get this done. We don't have the, the right equipment to get this, you know, ship over to uh, Matt Damon. What are we going to do? And then we get a scene of two Chinese officials talking about this rocket they have that they know would solve this problem. And they're like, if we reveal it, though, then, it, you know, if we give it to them, then they know we have it. They know we have this technology. <clears throat> but if we do it, we save this one man's life. And so they did it. And it was like, it's so obvious, though, that that's about, oh, look at how kind they actually ended up being. Like, I do believe in, like, generally that most people are kind and would do the right thing. I don't believe that of most government officials, though. Especially, oh no, not not even close. Um, that's funny. <laughs> no. cause, um, I, I watched The Martian. I completely forgot that was even in it. It's yeah. one of those movies that, yeah, it was good. I, I watched it and forgot about it. Never bothered I, seeing it again. Yeah, well, when you, I watched like I don't know, two hundred movies in a hundred days or something like that. I was mm -hmm. watching like one or two or three, sometimes even movies a day, for almost a year. And so it's old classic stuff all the way to contemporary stuff. And I noticed that trend started about 20 years ago, that the sci-fi movies especially started doing this China saves the day kind of thing. And it was really, to me, it was obvious, maybe because when you watch that many movies, you see the trend. And mm -hmm. <laughs> But it's propaganda, and it's also playing to their audience. That like yeah. would aren't you so wonderful? This what our the, movie. The first movie really where I really saw that, and I didn't actually see the movie. I just I was watching like, um, oh God, was it either CinemaSins or mm. uh, one of the ones that makes fun of the trailers? Honest and, trailer, by yeah, honest trailers, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it was the, one of the Transformers movies mm. where they end up going to China, and it was like, oh, obviously they did that to appeal to a Chinese audience. It's like, okay, yeah. that's um, that's interesting, and you start <laughs> yeah. seeing more and more of that too. Yeah, you did. I mean, it didn't it didn't used to exist. It wasn't a thing, but it kind of reminds me if you look at um, movies before World War Two, you'll see that a lot of them were uh, under a similar situation only to Germany. Mm -hmm. They like wouldn't show Jewish people and stuff like that because they knew the Jewish sentiments would uh, get them banned in the German audience. Germans in a very positive light too yeah. yeah exactly and they and they were making money that way they by you know censoring their movies to appeal to a german audience and we're getting well, that, the that same one thing, thing a lot of people don't know is that there was a lot of pro-german sentiment back then because a lot of the populace in the united states were is made up of germans yes and you know german uh, was a language that was very frequently spoken in the united states after what happened with world war ii a lot of that changed a lot of that got erased well, I mean, yeah, and that happened in the UK t as well, because yeah. actually, like, uh, their royal family <laughs> was German, and they were like, no, we're not, no, we're, we're not German. And <laughs> but so, like, you see, you see a lot of, and you're right about the history of, of Americans, there's so much German influence. In fact, they talked mm -hmm. about possibly, like, also pr printing um, some of the documents in German to meet the, the internal population that didn't speak English. Um, but yeah, like the fact that the movies are suffering under the same kind of problem that they were in the thirties is kind of scary uh, on a, mm -hmm. when you look at it from a grand scale, because you're kind of, you're sort of like, well, what does that mean for the future essentially for our, you know, relations with China? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you know, history doesn't repeat itself, but it certainly rhymes. And you can definitely see a lot of similarities going on with what with the two thousand twenties. What happened at the beginning of the turn of the nineteenth century? Yeah, or the twentieth century, the nineteen hundreds. There we go. That's the word. Yeah, you mean the twentieth century? That yeah, is the twentieth century. Yes. <clears throat> There's a lot of similarities going on. Look at what's going on in China with the Uyghur Muslims and the camps exactly. that they have. And that very much kind of parallels what we see, what was going on with Germany with the Jews. Exactly. And just like that, like you mentioned with the pandering, 
to, to China. We did that with Germany. Um, stuff that's going on with politics too, which, which is very mm -hmm. similar to what's going on, you know, in the 1920s and 1930s. Yeah. So I don't know. It's a little it's uncomfortable. Not, <laughs> not painting a very good picture. That's no, sure. it's not. It's a, it's a little scary. Um, it it kind of makes sense to me why some people are like stockpiling food in their basements. Okay. Then. I highly recommend and everybody do that. <laughs> I do too, actually. <laughs> do it, prep. Um, just for uh, disaster relief, if something happens in your area, it's it's a good idea to do that. Never know. That that's ultimately kind of my thing, right? It's like you yeah. never know. You know, living in Texas with the uh, power outage that we had back in February. True. You know, we were completely fine and prepared for it, uh, minus like a few things. Um, you never know when stuff like this is going to happen. And look at what's going on currently, not with the, not just with the economy, but the collapse of the, of the supply chain. That is oh, a yeah. huge issue that people need to really wake up to. The fact yeah. that, you know, we have cargo ships parked outside of California waiting to unload, which is going to take months, is not painting a very pretty picture. No, it's not. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm a definite, definite person who says you should always be prepared um, mm -hmm. for some kind of delay in essentially the comforts of modernity yeah. uh because you never know what's gonna mess up that uh that chain uh i mean i was in kansas and we had a giant flood and all the highways were flooded we had no and then our water was not safe to drink at the yep. same time that was pretty horrible so to me I, and like that was just a bad storm so yeah you should probably be prepared but we should circle back. Yeah. <laughs> um, I would. There are some movies that are 100% for like only made because they want to hit that Chinese audience that they're mm -hmm. not even hardly considering the Western audience. And I'd say like Mulan was one of those, not the original animated, which I love. The, the live that. action one that they made. But the live action one that they yeah. made which I'm probably never going to watch because <laughs> no. I'm, it's one of those things where it's like uh, where some people say, I'm not, I'm not going to watch the new star Wars because I love the old star Wars. You know, mm. they're like, I, I, I'm never going to do it. Like, cause I love the old Mulan animated movie because it kind of presents a more universal idea that getting a society that, um, you know, finding a place in society that fits who you are as a person, which is a, is a more universal idea than whatever crap they're trying to pull with that live action. Yeah, that's, that's, that's terrible. Disney's they used to be able to go and create some very good animated, you know, movies that yeah. everybody could relate to. Mulan was a great, it was fun. Yeah. And then they come out with this like, trash <laughs> one of the ways it's trash from my understanding is that she's awesome from the beginning yeah and i'm like zero character development yeah and her there was like absolutely no struggle no training montage mm -hmm. and i'm and i'm sort of like i don't really find that interesting like i the struggle is what makes the character kind of interesting like well, it makes that. them relatable it makes them human right yeah and that's the thing that we see with modern you know movies that are kind of geared towards feminism i'm not gonna say yeah. they're geared towards women they're geared towards feminist you, you have the perfect female character that has always been right and it's just the world that's wrong you know <laughs> it, it's like uh the world is what's holding you back it's men that's holding you back it's not you and, oh. and the reality is with any of us it's us that are really holding ourselves back. Uh, yeah, yeah, sure. There, there's external things that obviously influence and cause conflict in our lives. But in reality, it's you have to overcome yourself. You can't overcome other people necessarily. No, that, that's just life. You know, things are going to throw curveballs at you all the time. But it's it's whether you choose to pick yourself back up and continue going forward, or you can go, oh, I'm a victim and yeah. not take any responsibility. And that's what sadly is we're seeing being encouraged in women these days is to not be self-reliant or responsible or to empower yourself it's blame society blame the yeah. patriarchy blame everything men. should be easy for you and if yeah. it's not it's everybody else's fault yeah never look in a mirror never self-examine and i i hate that i hate it i feel like it's infantilizing women and oh, i'm like absolutely i i, I i'm i'm one of those I, i'm i so strongly believe in personal accountability in independence taking care of myself and trying to overcome my limits and my flaws. So to me, I'm sort of like, this is like you're handicapping women and you're making them self-absorbed and just 
basically assholes. And, <laughs> and I really, it, it, it's bad for them and it's bad for everybody else around them. And uh, it's really terrible that Hollywood is feeding into it. They were like, mm. well, that's what feminists want to see. Like, oh. It's like, if that's what your brand of feminism, <laughs> I know if that's your brand of feminism, I, I don't really think you believe in women as strong, capable human beings. Mm-hmm. But then uh, I, I, the recent Shang-Chi, which I've not watched yet, is also one of those movies that it's pretty much made to appeal to the Chinese audience. Um, but um, that's backfiring for them because oh, it's absolutely. not even being released in China. Neither was Black Widow, which they, like I said earlier, they um, they made Taskmaster Master, uh, not have a skull face. And, and they also then, made Taskmaster a woman, too, which is yeah, not what the character is. I know. I really, I always liked Taskmaster, like, a lot. So mm-hmm. when I watched the movie on Monday, um, I was so, like, immediately I was like, oh, they're going to fuck this up so bad, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> like, I like the actress, not that she was given, like, anything to do in that movie. Like, I've seen her in other things, and she's fine. She's, she is actually that tall, too. Uh, which that's actually not her though it's actually the the stunt double is is a a dude (laughs) yeah so i mean that's the thing that's so funny about it is that you know you have this character be a woman but you have a dude basically playing her yeah you know rip the mask off yeah face reveal and then to to have that means essentially that the actress just stood around making a dead face the whole time anytime she was on scene without the mask she's just dead faced mm-hmm. and i'm like way to you know just not have her do anything it was have you, seen, like, have you seen eternals yet no i have not seen oh, it god it's, yet. it's so bad it's it's very similar there's a this pattern that we're seeing now coming out of marvel specifically disney not just marvel you see it with the star wars stuff too it's, it's disney's the worst yeah <laughs> it, it where they had these people just be planks of wood and i i criticize captain marvel for being a plank of wood oh she is and because she is Mm -hmm. and it's the exact same thing you saw with the eternals the majority of the characters were planks of wood even the male characters and it's like are are you trying to basically create the blandest crap to just like not offend people (sighs) my my best friend calls all these people charisma voids yes um, that they send and like, oh my God, I, I did watch Rise of Skywalker for the first time a couple of weeks ago. And there was this point when Ray like turns on her lightsaber to like see in the dark, to use it as a flashlight. And the look on that, Daisy Ridley cannot act. I, I, I feel sorry for saying this, but she really can't because her face was just so ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It's not like when I did watch Black Widow, there's a scene where Scarlett, johansson's acting is actually really good like she's not bad no she's um, not she's pretty decent but she's one of the oldest hires the oldest casting choices for these movies so to me i feel like she's not one of those people that disney chose to be you know a, mm-hmm. essentially a charisma void a, an action figure um she was actually chosen for her acting chops um which turned out to be to me worthwhile I think she well, did they, they, they cast her for a wide variety of reasons. I mean, she's a good actress. She, you know, she's very attractive. She was able to pull off the part of, of Black Widow perfectly because oh, yeah. that's the, the whole point of uh, Black Widow is part of her sex appeal. Mm-hmm. You know, she's a, she's a spy. You know, she uses seduction and manipulation. And, you know, she was the perfect casting for that. Yeah, she was. She was really good. And so I didn't have a problem with her. And I, I was actually kind of surprised that they hired Rachel Weiss because I love her and she's, I don't necessarily like everything she's in, but I feel mm. like she's really good. Uh, she was in that Oz great and powerful movie, which is shitty beyond belief. <laughs> and, and she's the only one who seems like she's actually like having fun during the movie. Mm. And like she's like really giving it her all, but also like not taking it too seriously at the same time. Yeah. I think she, she pulls off, charisma essentially <laughs> and uh and that's just a serious problem right now with their casting they're I, I, they're choosing like nobodies that you've never heard of that can't really act that they're hoping meet some sort of look that they can essentially control i suppose and it's it's turning out to be it it comes through i think mm-hmm. in oh, the yeah. movies i think it comes through 
Um, and, and that's well, kind I, of I, sad. I, I think um, the other part of it, too, is the, the, the directors. Because, I mean, they actually had some good actors in Eternals. And, I mean, and they're all just kind of like these boring lumps of uh, gray goo. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, even Angelina Jolie and um, Selma Hayek, you know, which are uh, just fantastic actors. Yeah, they're just boring. Boring. <laughs> That's kind no of sad. No facial expressions. I... Have you noticed that there's this in, there's this need for intense, quiet facial expressions in these movies now? Like, uh, speaking of Road One, the um, in that movie, there were so many moments where the main actress was just supposed to sit there and stare at each other. <laughs> and, and and actually, the honest trailer for Rise of Skywalker literally made fun of the fact that Daisy Ridley just had to intense reveal face and it was yeah. <laughs> like throughout most not of the not movie. <gasps> it's more like a yeah and <laughs> it's like oh god forbid some, they do some actors can really act with their face anson mount is a perfectly good example of an actor who can do that if you've ever seen the the tv show hell on wheels it's it's, it's a great series mm-hmm. and they, they picked him to play black bolt in the god awful <laughs> uh, and humans tv series and but that guy can act with his face and the whole thing with black bolt is he doesn't speak because yeah superpower is his voice and it causes he, massive destruction so you have to pick an actor who could act with their face, face. i yeah. did i did watch that show and i did actually think he did a good job if he was not a bad black bolt but what i one of the things i found the most ridiculous about that show is that all the promotion was like check out medusa's hair check out her hair and then they immediately shaved all her hair off and i was like oh thanks they had to because that's uh the largest production expense now if they did actually (laughs) an eternals movie they could have probably had the budget to do medusa's hair Mm -hmm. Uh, but that that was just a very poor decision yeah, I, it was just it was very bad because that one felt like a bait and switch on us because yeah, like for any anyone who liked Medusa as a character and her powers was like immediately let down. Mm. And I, I, I love the Eternals, so I'm sort of like, I don't really know that I want to experience this. Don't <laughs> if you if you are a fan of Jack Kirby and you are a fan of the Eternals, this movie will literally piss you off. OK. <laughs> I sp- I got into it in the Neil Gaiman run. Uh, that was one of my first introduction because I there was a period there where I where I read everything he wrote. And if they ever do a Sandman uh, series or they uh, are movie, oh god, no, it's on Netflix. Go figure. Oh right, I yeah. do remember hearing about that now, and I re- I must have blocked it from my memory because I I don't blame you. I I, I forgot about it until you brought up Sandman. I was like, oh crap, there's that Netflix series. <laughs> that's the worst news and i'm getting it over again now because i blocked it out <laughs> no like because i love the sandman i think it's it's a great comic book uh it's got so much interesting ideas to it and i just don't see how it's gonna be good i mean look at how they've messed up cowboy bebop uh, <laughs> oh i'm dreading that bebop is a series that i love to death and yeah it's a- uh, netflix is gonna murder it it's highly beloved. I the I was burned one time by Netflix's live adaptions of um, uh, anime. I watched Death their Note. full. <laughs> no, actually, I watched Full Metal Alchemist, and I was like, "Oh, this is just uncomfortable." <laughs> Rather go they watch. Did a, they did a live action adaptation of Full Metal Alchemist. Yeah, I know. Or, I know the Japanese did a movie for or, it, or at least they bought it from them. I think. I think they okay. bought it. And I was like, I don't, if this is what live ad- adaptations are like for animes, I don't think I want to experience this ever again. <laughs> Death Note was atrocious, which is a very good anime. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I saw what they did to Ed, and I, I kind of feel Ed is definitely a character that would not translate over well to live action. Certain things in any kind of animation doesn't always translate over well. And, no. and and it sucks because the West, we have, a, we have a nasty habit of taking something that somebody else did and just totally trashing it. Yeah. Especially I, when it comes to Japanese ad- adaptations and stuff. Well, I mean, uh, just think about Old Boy. Like, that isn't even an anime, but the original Old Boy is mm-hmm. just really amazing, intense, 
uh, I know Netflix back when they made good TV shows kind of homaged the hallway fight scene mm -hmm. for where with Daredevil. Um, and it was old boy is amazing. And I, I cannot bring myself to experience the Josh Brolin old boy. Uh, well, it's because, because it was directed by Spike Lee. So yeah, kind of <laughs> like I have some directors that I feel like are no goes for me and he's kind of one of them, unfortunately. Spike but, Lee actually is a pretty decent filmmaker. Uh, so? he, he, yeah, I do. I mean, I, I've seen several of his films. Um, Malcolm X was actually a pretty good movie. And then he did, I think it was summer of Sam, Mm -hmm. which is also really good, but he always has to slip in his anti-white propaganda. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. And Spike Lee's, you know, he's a terrible human being, um, <laughs> but yeah, he, he's actually a pretty decent filmmaker. Um, I think if I was going to choose between, like if I was picking a movie for movie night, it was David Lynch or Spike Lee. I'm choosing David Lynch. <laughs> yeah. I, I can't, I can't fault you. <laughs> I really can't. <laughs> But okay, so we we've we've gone slightly off track. But I know. <laughs> I mean, that's. I've been asking how they're doing that. Sorry. I know. I do too. But I I feel like we we've talked about a lot of things. But yeah, yeah I do think it's backfiring for Hollywood, Disney especially. Disney's being kicked out of China essentially. Yeah, yeah they are. Uh, it's because they've been the stuff that they've been doing recently. They know they they don't like being pandered to. Mm -hmm. is what it comes down to and that's what disney's been doing and it's the reason why their movies are being rejected because the eternals isn't going to play in china any of the new marvel stuff is not playing i believe nope. but it's because they know that they're being pandered to and they don't want to be pandered to much like us yeah. we just want to see good stories and, and that's what they like they like stories and and pretty people yeah kind of leads into the whole thing with um you can say that the chinese are racist because they don't like seeing black people on screen it's the reason why with the black panther poster they had the mask on rather mm -hmm. than off and which that was the creepiest redesign of a poster ever because of his eyes like glaring mm -hmm. out of the mask i was like that's not what it looks like in the movie you made it look creepy <laughs> yeah but yeah they're they're pretty i'm actually glad that they're like basically saying no we don't really want this because i think it's good for us in the long run because maybe like because it's gonna hurt it's already hurting disney's bottom line that yep. they're being kicked out of china um and it's gonna hurt other and it's gonna be a sign to other studios that you can't do this anymore that this is not what they want so why are you still doing it stop it just make good movies that's all anyone wants from you, including in China. They want good movies. And I think that's a good idea. Now, the thing is, though, I mentioned earlier that Monster Truck was the number one grossing movie, actually, in China. Made the most mm -hmm. money for a very, very long time. It was very, it was number one for quite, for, it had a long streak. The problem is, is that we don't actually know what movies are the most popular in China. Because mm -hmm. they have a very, very big piracy problem. Yeah. Another thing, too, which I thought was pretty funny is that I don't remember the name of the movie, uh, but Matt Damon was in this one movie. And basically it was about them fighting the Mongolians. Oh. But they it, it was actually a Chinese movie, but they brought in Matt Damon because Matt Damon, Matt Damon, I guess, is popular there. Yeah, but they were saying they're trying to or something like that. Yeah, the Great Wall. Yeah. yeah. And the funny thing is that in the West, they basically accused the company of whitewashing. It's like, this is a Chinese company. They wanted Matt Damon. Yeah. But they were trying to apply, like, you know, social justice to this Chinese-made film. I wonder if they did the same thing when Keanu Reeves did the 47 Ronin, which was supposedly a really bad movie. Um, but he stars in that, uh, mm -hmm. along with a mostly Asian cast besides. But and and but I think like a lot of Americans are not real do not realize though that Keanu Reeves is mixed race. He's yeah. incredibly mixed race. Um, but uh, and it was not a very good movie. I saw like a bunch of scenes and I was like, wow, this is just uncomfortable just to see bits of it. <laughs> you don't want to experience this for two hours. But so they have they have this piracy problem that kind of belies the popularity of whatever movie like do they want more adult content probably i would say so um yeah uh and that that's a pretty high chance they they also have a huge piracy problem with like books and stuff 
But a lot of that has to do with the fact that they have a lot of censorship. Yes. So to me, I don't actually like piracy problem. It's to me, it seems like more of a solution to. Yeah, it's a way of skirting state sponsored censorship. Exactly. So to me, I, it's like it's not really a problem. It's a solution to a problem. Their censorship. So I don't. Uh, so I, I feel like that's kind of important. And I don't think a lot of people realize that that's where most of the pirated content, uh, how it comes about, is mm-hmm. the fact that they want that content and they're not getting it. So then it's all over the Internet. <laughs> yeah, I think with the on top of that it really speaks to the problem with state sponsored censorship. I mean, it's something that we have to be very careful of here in the West, too, uh, because you could have things we already are getting it in the forms of social justice mm-hmm. and we're, we're actually getting it in our entertainment as well because they actually have a list of topics that you're not allowed to talk about or yes. you can't portray a certain way i mean there's an entire website that's dedicated to the rules of basically making a tv show or a movie yeah well and then writing the oscars have their their new rules about mm-hmm. what kind of demographics you have to have and yep. to me I, I all that means is that like the, the more adult dramatic content is going to to push out interesting ideas that don't meet mm-hmm. these rules. And it's going to um, infantilize, I think, a lot of um, a lot of, you know, not just people, but the, the topics that they're trying to cover. Yeah, uh, definitely. And I, I feel like, you know, a lot of people really liked Hillbilly Elegy. Some people like the Tomorrow War. I feel but like there was a backlash for both of those because they were like sort of like white men's topics i guess is kind of how both people looked I, at it. I don't know it was, it, well it started chris pratt and, and yeah <laughs> and everybody i wouldn't say everybody hates chris pratt i mean everybody on the left hates chris pratt twitter yeah. hates chris pratt and they, i mean any, any opportunity they they could shit on him they will yeah they will and uh honestly they're crazy about it look at the way he looks at his wife the psycho and I'm yeah. like, oh my god oh my god he's wearing a gaston flag he's a racist it's like whatever he could do anything like you could show could a video cancer of and they'll they'll criticize him for it yeah you could show a video of him eating yogurt and they'd freak out somehow yeah. <laughs> something Lovato about it. make a video <laughs> <laughs> complaining about the patriarchy because of yogurt yeah definitely you get to see like a hundred tiktok videos about them freaking out over it but um what do you what do you think is going to happen uh since china's like pulling back on letting in movies from us um i can speculate um my hope is the collapse of the entertainment industry um (laughs) like full collapse yeah full collapse (laughs) of hollywood it's not going to happen uh, I, I don't think, but that's that's the only way that they're going to learn mm-hmm. is by um, Americans kind of rejecting modernity when it comes to movies. And th- it's the reason why I encourage Hollywood to get woker and woker, because the more they do that, the more the normies are going to push back against the stuff and the more money they're going to lose. I want them to do these big budget spectacles completely shitting on white people because that, at that point in time, your normies are going to wake up and go, what the hell is going on Hollywood? And they're going to stop giving them the money. Um, and yeah. I, I think that's the only way we're going to get any kind of like change to entertainment is a wholesale collapse of, of entertainment. What I find uh, interesting is that like they keep getting these, like they didn't even want to make Deadpool. Like, you know, they didn't yeah. want to make that movie. They didn't want to release it. Uh, Ryan Reynolds pushed for it and pushed for it and pushed for mm-hmm. it. And then there was the leak. He leaked, he leaked the, the demo. Yeah, the did. demo was leaked. And there's that part where he's like playing with the head and everything. And people were went nuts with how much people wanted that movie. Mm-hmm. I was one of them. I wanted I that saying. movie. I so bad wanted that movie. And it was it was everything I wanted it to be when I watched it, too. I was like, this is a Deadpool movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we got a, we got an actual Deadpool movie. I didn't feel that way quite so much with the second one. Um, right. It was a little bit too clunky, honestly. <laughs> but well, that- they, they lost the um, the original director, which is the guy that went and directed Terminator Dark Fate, which was an oh, absolutely terrible movie. Uh, I did. This was okay. This is kind of off topic, but it's kind of hilarious. These people, so people were given tickets. They were told free tickets to go see Dark, uh, uh, not Dark Fate, uh, Terminator, the um, 
judgment day. They were given tickets. That's what the tickets said. They get there and it's a surprise showing of dark fate. <laughs> they were so wow. mad. And I don't blame them because if I was given the opportunity to see judgment day on the big screen, I'd be pretty excited about it because it's kind of a, it's a great movie. It is. Uh, it's so much fun. And you know, Linda, Linda Hamilton is such a badass in it. Mm -hmm. And it's, uh, she's so cool. And but still flawed, you know, she still has her struggles and stuff. So it's like well, really the, the, the great thing about that movie is you see that kind of polar opposite because it's it's about um, Sarah Connor reclaiming her humanity. And it's about, you know, the, the machine displaying more humanity than the actual human. Yeah. And that's the thing that's so powerful about it. Yeah. And that's a, what makes it such a great movie, too. Yeah. And I think it has a lot to do a lot with like. Um, missing fatherhood too, mm -hmm. because there's a the the Terminator kind of acts like as as a surrogate father yeah. to John Connor. So there's a lot of like really deep elements to that movie, as well as some really awesome action. It's 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 a great movie. So to me, I'm sort of like, yeah, I would want to go see that in the movie theater if they re re released it. But then yep. if they told me when I got there, oh, you're seeing Dark Fate instead. And I'm like, you assholes, I got out of my house for this. Dark Fate <laughs> went and destroyed the character of Sarah Connor. That was the thing that made me the, the maddest about that movie. Oh, that's terrible because she was such an icon. Mm -hmm. Like her and like uh, Ellen Ripley, like two like really amazing characters uh, that's why I always get mad at this whole thing about when I hear people say, and I've had people in my real life say this, there's not enough strong women in the, in movies and TV shows. And I'm like, like, are you kidding me? Have we not been watching the same stuff? <laughs> Cause like I grew up on Xena. <laughs> well, a lot of that stuff too is, is that um, because they're activists, it's never enough. The work no. is never done. There has to be more representation. It's like, okay. It's like, we know that, certain populations are like around eight to 12% and they're being overrepresented in media. And mm -hmm. if, if you're wanting to tell a, a, a compelling story with a minority character, I, I really don't care as long as the story is good and you're not like just doing it for presentation. Mm -hmm. um, but overall you're kind of seeing a large because of what happened with last year, um, a certain demographic shift when it comes to entertainment and representation and commercials and like it's all that stuff I'm, I'm fine with, but it's, it's disingenuous is what it is. It is. Well, I mean, it, there used to be this thing where Will Smith would uh, try out for parts that were traditionally for white men. Mm -hmm. um, they didn't s specify that they were for black men in the, in the scripts and he would get the part. Yeah. No one cared. No one cared. No one cared. I, I said the only one where people really cared about was the wild, wild west. Oh, yeah. That was... so the movie it was, was just completely terrible to begin with. But there's plenty of movies where he's been cast in. And, yeah. and it's because Will Smith is the last true, you know, uh, big Hollywood star. And yeah. he was big at the time. I mean, like uh, with. Um, shoot, I'm trying to remember that. Um, the, the iRobot, that's it. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. He was cast in I, iRobot, which was most likely a white character in the book. Uh, he was also cast in I Am Legend. And mm -hmm. it's because he was the, the star at the time. Yeah. And that's what no Hollywood does. They, they they cast the person that's the most popular. We saw the same thing with Ghost in the Shell. They cast um, ScarJo. Yeah. And people made a big fuss about it. Honestly, I was one of them because I'm a big fan of, of um, Ghost in the Shell. Mm -hmm. I thought Motoko should have been Japanese. Uh, but I understand the reason why they did it. They they cast her because she was big. Yeah. And that's it was star power. Hollywood, yeah, star power. Exactly. Yeah. That's how Hollywood operates. Well, that's how uh, Johnny Depp's like career in the last 20, 30 years seemed to work was about, was on star power. Mm -hmm. um, I, I kind of think what's going on with him now is bullshit. Um, and I've talked about that at length in other places, but I, I, while I have been like tired of some of his movies, just because I don't think he was giving it his all, especially compared to his earlier work. I don't think that the way he's been treated has been fair. Uh, it's been completely based on this woke bullshit. Mm. Um, and it's, I don't like that, but I feel like for the longest time, he was just relying on his star power. That was mm. what he was moving on. And uh, so I get what you mean that like a lot of it just has to do with a name, which is a draw. 
And as we said earlier, though, that Disney's not really doing that anymore. They're just trying to hire like nobodies. Mm-hmm. And part of me is, is, is it about cost saving? Because some of these contracts for these actors is, are insanely expensive. It's, it's, it's weird. Um, what they do specifically with, with the Marvel films is that they have, they'll hire somebody. An- another example of this is like what they did with um, Captain Marvel. They hired this female director who only shoots the talking parts. All the action is handled by somebody else. No. Yeah. Uh, they did the same thing with Chloe Zhao and the Eternals. All the action stuff was handled by somebody else. Ooh, that's not... Yeah, it's the reason why when they initially were doing Captain Marvel, the original woman who was... And, and this is the funny thing about it. Disney doesn't hire directors, they cast directors. And that, oh, yeah. I'm going to steal that from Gary from Neurotic, and he's absolutely correct. They cast directors these days. Mm-hmm. The original woman who was slated to be the director for Captain Marvel found out that she was not directing any of the action scenes. And she's like, I'm out of here. Full respect for that. Yeah, I, I agree that that I did not know that about Captain Marvel. What I knew about Captain Marvel is that two of the names behind it, Bowden and Fleck, are really good directors and writers as a team specifically. Mm-hmm. They did... Um, uh, a movie starring Ryan Reynolds and uh, I can't remember his name, but he's in Captain Marvel, the, the, the scroll guy, uh, Ben Mendelsohn. Okay. It's, and it's a really, really good movie. Um, it's, but it's a drama. <laughs> and I was like, this is kind of a weird cast, like directing writing choice for a big blockbuster action superhero piece. Because I love these two, but I don't know that they would be good. But I did recognize some of their influences in mm-hmm. Captain and Marvel. I did see some moments that I was like, okay, this is clearly their influence on the project. I didn't think that the main actress had the acting chops for the majority of the things she was required to do in that movie. <laughs> She's terrible. Oh, God. I, didn't, I did not like her. Terrible. Just awful. I loved Ben Mendelsohn. I thought he did a great job, even with all that crap on his face. He's he's always good. I've never... Actually, that's not a fair statement, because he's been too often typecast as the bad guy lately, that he's just not given the room he needs to Mm -hmm. to flex. Because he was in Ready Player One. He's in that Robin Hood movie. Um, and, And he was in Road One, actually. And he's just these this mustache twirling villain so often, and I feel like they played with that um, perception in Captain Marvel with him. Well, the irony is that the scrolls really are the bad guys. Yeah, I know. <laughs> they, they totally that. I know they're they're planning on doing Secret Invasion. Mm-hmm. Don't know how they're going to do that because the scrolls are supposed to be the villains and a different know. faction. That's what I hear everybody say is that it's a yeah. different faction, but yeah. I don't know. But when it when it comes to uh, what I think is going to happen because of this, I think we are going to see one of the major studios fail, probably in the next five years. And fail as and go bankrupt, or bankrupt, or um, again get folded in under someone else. Um, something. Ah, uh, yeah. I think I think several things are going to happen. I think we're going to see. More and more Marvel movies bomb because that's what's going on. We mm-hmm. Eternals completely bombed. Um, Shang-Chi bombed. Black Widow bombed. And there's a, a lot of factors it, it, it playing into this. One of them is the coof. Yeah. You know, the fact that people just don't want to go out to theaters. Yes. The other thing is that these movies are just uh, not appealing audiences. <laughs> so no. um, there's a lot of things that are going to play into this. And um, Sony has to hit home runs right now because if they if they don't they're just going to hemorrhage money yeah the disney has the benefit of with the marvel and star wars movies of being propped up by the parks yeah that's what keeps those going so they can put out as much crap as they want (laughs) it would filled with agenda and and they're going to fail but they're being propped up by the greater business yeah warner brothers on the other hand no i think if anyone's going to fail it's probably going to be Warner Brothers. Sony right now has Spider-Man coming out, and that yeah. probably will make a lot of money. But Warner Brothers is screwed. 
I think you're right. I think Warner Brothers is screwed. Um, their DC, they keep failing at their franchise building. Like it yeah. just keeps happening. They keep failing. Um, partially because they don't know how to really put in, invest in a director. They did with James Gunn and the Suicide Squad, which that was, was a actually, great movie too. It was, it was so good. I loved it. But um, especially compared to Suicide Squad from a few years ago, yeah. that was just freaking terrible. It was awful. And so was Birds of Prey. And so oh, was, that was terrible. That's Justice another example. Lee. This is funny about Birds of Prey. That's <laughs> another example that they, they made a point of hiring a female director. But when it came to the action of the movie, she couldn't pull it off. And they actually had to bring in a guy to go and direct the oh action scenes. <laughs> yeah. That's so, I feel like it's like, maybe don't patronize us in that regard. Cause then yep. you make us look bad. <laughs> no, it, it totally makes women look bad. Female. Yeah. Directors look bad. And there's been plenty of female directors that directed great action films. Yeah. You know, Patty yeah. Jenkins did a great job with the first Wonder Woman movie. Yeah, she um, did. I, I don't remember the woman's name, but um, point break was directed by. Oh a woman. God. Catherine Bigelow is one yeah. of the greatest directors. And she almost always does these like super masculine bro films. And like the Hurt Locker is just intense. It's so intense, but that's a 10 out of 10 movie to me. I love that movie. It's so good. And so to me, I'm like, yeah, Bigelow, like if you want to talk about an amazing director, that's, and she beat her ex-husband at the Oscars for the Hurt Locker actually, (laughs) (laughs) which is kind of hilarious. But um, yeah, I think Warner Brothers is in the most danger, actually, because mm. I don't I don't know that they really are going to take to heart the idea of the success that Suicide Squad was. Because at the same time, they put out the horrible Wonder Woman 1984. Oh, that's terrible. Oh, God, it was so bad. It was just so bad. Patty <laughs> Jenkins needs to stick to directing, not writing. Yeah, yeah I but agree. It, it's like they don't know what to do with Superman. They have this movie that's going to be written by tani hisi coates it's gonna be this black superman movie it's like nobody's gonna see that and and again it goes back to what i'm saying create the most wokest white hate filled movies possible (sighs) do it do it warner brothers i want you to (laughs) so you can fail i can't stand (laughs) and i will point and laugh yeah really i i can't not stand him at all i read the water dancer and i felt like blowing my brains out the whole freaking time and i was having uh, Joe Morton read it to me. I was doing the audio book and I love Joe Morton, but that was, that was still unbearable. And so I'm like, Oh, great. <laughs> Coats gets more crap. And uh, so, yeah, I could see how they would, I mean, if that's the direction they're going, that's not smart. It's not smart. What they did with um, the uh, like HBO max is it. Ha- I mean, it's nice that it has this, you know, good connection with Warner brothers and everything. Like it essentially is, um, and, but they did the Harry Potter thing recently, uh, where they're like, oh, the reunion, but no rolling. No and, it's like, rolling. and it's like, well, then I'm not going to watch it. Because she's I'm, a surf now. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, well, I mean, there's a reason why, uh, I stand with JK Rowling is a hashtag though, because people still love her and they're in, in. The problem is, is that if you actually read anything that she wrote, you can see that there's nothing actually transphobic about what she said. Well, what what, it, what she's doing, and this is the funny thing about it, is, I mean, she's a leftist, but she took a stand on one issue. And that's basically the fact that she took a stand with women mm-hmm. is what it came what it came down to. So yes. she got labeled a turf and now she's being, you know, blackballed, which is ridiculous. Yeah. For, it is ridiculous. Basically supporting science. Yeah. Well, and then also at the same time, she's laughing all the way to the bank the whole time. So it doesn't it doesn't matter to her from the money perspective. Yeah. And that I think that's one of the reason why certain uh, people are standing firm is because they have, as they say, fuck you money. And I think that's mm. where she's at. You know, she doesn't actually have to ever write again if she never if she never wanted to. She doesn't have to do anything ever again if she never wanted to. So her being able to stand on her principles, of course she can. If she <laughs> she doesn't she doesn't have to worry about job security. Now, like some of the smaller people, we've seen people get deplatformed, lose their book deals, lose you know uh, parts in TV shows like Gina Carano. Uh, you know, they don't have that kind of security. So they do end up getting shut out by this woke crap. And yeah, but I mean, it, for some of them, 
you know, getting canceled is, is definitely benefit their career it, it, for certain people. The, the issue that no one talks about is your average citizen mm-hmm. who is not a movie star or a famous writer getting canceled. And those are the people who truly get hurt. Yes. As, as, I mean, the Gina Carano stuff, obviously, it pissed me off a lot. But, you know, fortunately, there are people out there going, we will hire you because you took a stand. Yeah, I, that which is, is which is good. The thing I see why it pisses me off, not from the perspective of she will never work again. That's not true. Is the fact that it ruins something that yeah. was good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, Absolutely. like you derail, you derail good storytelling for politics outside of right. th- the actual story. And the I think fact that, that she won't be involved in like a mainstream movie now because of what happened with Disney is what sucks about it. Yeah, you know, I, I'm just I'm just glad she's still getting work, and that's 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 positive. Me too. Um, uh, I am glad about that. I just I I feel like from us, from the consumer of entertainment of storytelling, we're getting screwed on the fact that we're getting lesser quality stuff to consume, essentially. Yep. And I, I, as a storyteller, as someone who loves stories, I that really like hurts me because I'm like we're damaging any kind of artistic integrity by doing this we're getting shitty movies shitty tv shows shitty novels all for this crap and it's not actually it's it's not it's not even like we're trading anything good for it you know there's Mm -hmm. it's a deal with the devil it's not there's nothing good coming out of this for us on the consumption side now the companies right now they're making uh, they've been making money enough that they don't care. <laughs> kind but, of though. I mean, they've been making yes. money to a point. Like, but like I said, a lot of these, uh, <laughs> at least when it comes to Disney and their movies, mm-hmm. they have the larger company propping them up. It's the yeah. same thing with Marvel Comics. It's the reason why they can put out such terrible books with, you know, chop filled with identity politics is because they're being propped up. Yeah, eventually that will probably come to an end because right yeah. now all Disney is doing is just farming them for IP. And yeah, it's I, a good possibility over time they will shut them down. Same thing with DC. I feel like a lot of it is uh, trying to is is creating agitprop, and when agitprop is your goal, you're you don't care about the money you're making off of it. Mm-hmm. You care about its influence. You care about if there's any competitors that are not agitprop. That's what you actually care about. So that's the problem: is that you can't look at it from a business perspective necessarily. Because that's not making money is not necessarily the goal. Not the goal. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, coming from it from that perspective, it makes a lot more sense. Like a lot of people are like, "Get woke, go broke." Why are they still doing this? And it's like because they don't care about the bottom line. That's not no, what is on their minds right now. That's not their main priority. Their they main have priority. deep pockets propping them up. If Marvel and DC were actually independent companies and they're doing what they're doing now, they'd be out of business. No, yeah. Because they're not making enough money to be sustainable yeah and you know because their stories are crap and it's filled with identity politics and and they barely get read but you yeah. know there's somebody to prop them up yes there is now i i think you're right though i think that warner brothers is it is at the most risk mm-hmm. and i do think that um if it if it gets to the point where it's bleeding so much uh profit that the larger companies start seeing uh worse results overall then things could change if someone falls if one of the big names falls then they're probably maybe they'll get a little scared but um yeah the reason why warner brothers is not in a very good state because um at&t owns them mm-hmm. they did this huge house cleaning at, at dc and uh and i believe at warner brothers as well a lot of people got fired Mm-hmm. So some of the speculation is at some point in time, AT&T will probably sell off Warner Brothers. And, yeah. Yeah. I, I could see that. Yeah, definitely. Um, <clears throat> now, what do you think our our viewers could do to make this situation better <laughs> for themselves and overall? Honestly, uh, the <laughs> best thing we can all do is not give these companies that hate you money. Don't support Disney. Don't support Marvel. Don't support Warner Brothers. Don't support DC. Don't buy their products. Anything that with a Disney logo on, don't buy it. You know, I mean, that's the only way we can really 
we can make them blink. We, we can make them bleed a little bit. We're not going to beat them because they have some very deep pockets, but deny them your money. That is the biggest way anybody can fight back against this stuff when it comes to entertainment and, you know, any kind of consumer product. If you if the company is very apparent that they don't like you, <laughs> don't use them. <laughs> you got to find alternatives. And, and I'm just as guilty. Right. I mean, I, I cut back a lot on buying stuff from Amazon, mm-hmm. but I haven't done it enough, in my opinion. It's so convenient. And that's the thing is that we are so used to convenience and it, it's it's easy and it makes our lives easier. The hard answer is that we have to make we have to inconvenience ourselves. We have yeah. to go to the store and buy something rather than just going and buying it off of Amazon. Track down the thing that you're looking for and don't buy it on Amazon. <laughs> Obviously, th- there's gonna be times where you gotta use it. That's fine. Uh, but it, it's basically hurting them where it's gonna count the most, and that's in the checkbook or the pocketbook. I would say this is this is kind of important about Amazon, is that they do not they have no consumer protection on Amazon. You will get fakes, you will get replicas, you will be dealing with shitty companies that don't care that won't care. And sometimes we're talking about thousand dollar purchases. So it is it is in your best interest financially, especially with those large purchases, to look elsewhere. Because mm-hmm. uh, it is just it's there's no safety net for you as a consumer. So I would go elsewhere like and, and those little purchases, too, you can find another way around it. I know people like their Whole Foods or whatever, but it's like, go somewhere else. Um, yep. I definitely suggest it. Um, and I and I and one of the things I suggest about entertainment is that it's like, I know everyone's talking about X movie right now or X TV show, and you want to be part of that conversation, but the part of the conversation you can be about is that you don't want to give them your money mm-hmm. and because you don't support them. Uh, that's what you can say. And I've always been a believer that if I'm going to critique something, I have to experience it for myself and I have to get over that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, well, I think that's probably a good, good thing. But there's ways around that. Like if, if you want to go and for me, my channel is built around talking about pop culture, entertainment, TV shows, movies, comic books, etc. Mm-hmm. For me, I can go and buy a ticket to another movie and just go into the other theater. <laughs> true it's what it's what a lot of us do we, we go and buy a different ticket so if, oh. if you if you want to review eternals and not give disney money go buy a ticket to dune instead it's a much yeah. better movie anyway it's really <laughs> the movie you should be watching <laughs> but yeah bu- buy a buy a ticket to a movie that you want to support so you can go and see that crappy movie and that's a way of of gaming the system so to speak um obviously gonna... i do not condone piracy uh <laughs> but there are definitely means for you to go and consume entertainment <laughs> i don't condone condone piracy yeah so. and one of my i one of my best friends says if you do not provide something for free people will find a way to get it for free anyway and i i find that kind of true to the most extent and this is the thing that i think piracy the conversation of piracy never really addresses is the fact that if I wasn't going to pay money for something, I'm never going to pay money for it. Yeah, that, that's that's one thing a lot of people don't get um, is that most people who pirate stuff had no intentions of giving the money to begin with. No, it's the reason why uh, when we talk about the stuff with comic books, SJWs don't buy comics; they pirate them. Yeah, they do. True comic fans go out and and buy it. If you want to go and support an artist or a, a studio, people will go out and give them their money. Yes. Um, but yeah, it's like someone like me, I had a Disney Plus account. It was free with my phone for a year. As soon mm-hmm. as that year was up, I canceled it because I'm not giving Disney my money. They're not getting my money. I, I will be on it, but I, I, I'm not pirating, but they're not getting my money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, that's... if you have friends that have an account and they will let you use their account, that is another yeah. means um, <laughs> of what you are able to go and do this stuff and review yep. stuff and talk about stuff. But, um, yeah. And yeah, and I would say that in, if you the other resource that you're giving them and if you don't, if you really, really don't want to support them, do not give them your time. Yes, that's the other resource you've been giving them. And I would say give that resource support to, a YouTuber that does a review of it. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to if you want to know what really happens, you can find out on YouTube because there's yes, you you know, people like Mahler that do great reviews of movies. Yep. I would definitely say that instead that give your time to someone you actually want to support uh, or titles that you think 
are going to be better, like indie stuff. It's it's infinitely better. Uh, you're giving someone who does not have a giant backing more time and mm-hmm. probably money in the long run. So I would definitely suggest shift that resource to people who actually need it. And I think that's going to be everything for today, unless you have anything else to say. That's it. All right. Well, this has been another episode of 451 Degrees, the censorship podcast on the Unsafe Space Network. And if you could walk your fingers over to the like and subscribe button, we would really appreciate it. And we will see you next time. Thanks for watching. If you're new to the channel, we have a deep content library that includes interviews with everyone from Mike Cernovich to Megan Murphy, so go check it out. If you'd like to see more, please consider supporting the show by visiting unsafespace.com donate. You can find us on all the major social media platforms, at least for now. And you can find a community of like-minded individuals on our Unsafe Space chat on Telegram. See you there. Warning. This is an unsafe space. Dangerous ideas have been detected. The content of this production has not been authorized by the Cathedral. Pay no attention to it. To be honest, I am running out of patience with the following individuals. Here's a fun fact. Experts agree that inflation is good for you. As a reminder, self-defense can only be used as a last resort. You are legally required to first see if your death effectively deters your attacker. If you think about it, no one should be allowed to express opinions. But don't. Think about it, I mean. That's not your job. Thinking has been scientifically proven to be less efficient than compliance. Science, scientific, and scientifically are registered trademarks of the World Economic Forum. Unauthorized use is prohibited. Computer voice Curtis, never mind, that last line is fake news. Please disregard it and return to your safe space immediately. There will be cake.